Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger at Thunder Chats. And on this very special podcast, I am joined by my friend from Seattle. Haven't seen him in a while. We got Stephen Dolan. Stephen, how's it going, man? It's going really well, and I am just so happy to be here. There you go. We got to let everybody know anytime you're on, you're so happy to be here. Always, like man, always. Well, we're happy to have somebody else with us today. Uh, joining us once again, born in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. He played college basketball at Bucknell University, where he is the all-time leading scorer. He was drafted in 2013, has been on five NBA teams, and played for four of them. His nickname is Moose, but really, he's the GOAT. Starting at center, standing at six foot ten inches from Bucknell University, Mike Muscala. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm back on. Absolutely, man. You know, it was a great time having you on last time, you know, taking taking the time to be on the podcast. I mean, the guys all enjoyed you. Our listeners really enjoyed you. So uh, I'm just happy that, you know, he was willing to come back on uh, fresh off your flight to Milwaukee, uh, preparing for, you know, the game tomorrow. So uh, thanks yeah, for coming on. For sure. Always, always fun talking hoops, especially Thunder hoops. Absolutely. We got a lot to talk about, man. So, hey, uh, what, what, you know, let's rewind it a little bit. Um, let's talk, let's go back to last season. So. Uh, there were a lot of fun moments from last season, but what would you say was your bigger, your biggest highlight, uh, both for yourself and the team as a whole? Yeah, I'd say just uh, having the game there for us uh, in such a difficult time for so many people with COVID. Mm-hmm. I really felt a great appreciation for the game in a way that I hadn't felt really ever. So I, I think for me, and I think a lot of guys on the team would probably agree with me too you know just uh having having it to do for the whole season you know even though there weren't fans uh, at chesapeake which we definitely missed everyone at home there were some on the road and some arenas on the you know later in the season especially but uh just being able to go out and compete grow you know grow together as a team um get to know some of the young guys on the team and and have another season to play despite you know so many of the unfortunate things that COVID brought. Yep, for sure. And, you know, talking about the fans, uh, you know, in, in the arena, like the lack of fans in Chesapeake, um, you know, recently you guys got to play, uh, you know, the home game in the preseason game this past week, and you got to have fans in the building for the first time in, I, I think they said, 18 months. Like, what was that like, getting able to play for the fans in Ches- uh, not Chesapeake Energy Arena anymore, Paycom Center? I know. I, I, got was, to I was about to say. Y'all are both calling it Chesapeake. What do you think about that? What do you think about the rebranding Paycom Paycom Center? What is that? Yeah, I like the that? peak. The peak is cool, right? Yeah, I mean Chesapeake sounds good. I, I don't think Paycom sounds too bad either, but I'm um, Chesapeake always sound, sounded good. So yeah, I gotta get used to calling it the new center now. Yeah, I call it the um, com. The calm, okay. Um, I've heard I've heard the compound. I think that's like the leader for mm-hmm. what people are thinking about calling it. Maybe that's the combine, since that's like an NBA reference. <laughs> Those are good options. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was cool uh, having that first preseason game back with just some fans um, in the arena. Just uh, put a smile on my face for sure. Just to have uh, some of the energy and just to see, just to literally see fans back in there. It was nice. I got you, man. Well, hey, you know, after we talked to you last time, um, you only ended up getting uh, playing time in six more games. You know, Shea was shut down for injury. Horford set out. 
Um, was there a conversation earlier in the season or the preseason that uh, that might lean more on the younger guys and development down the stretch, or is that just something that Coach said was going to happen and it happened? Uh, it was a little bit of both, I think. Uh, Coach does a really good job of communicating. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I came when we came back from All-Star break, he mentioned – that it was going to, that was going to be the plan going forward for, you know, for the next few weeks. Um, and then I actually had gotten hurt. So, uh, af- after that, so, um, yeah. you know, Ankle it ended right. up being, yeah, it ended up being, uh, you know, working, like, I don't say working out, but, you know, essentially that whole situation, it wasn't, it was, it was honestly for me, I, I, uh, enjoyed being up, having to see the game in a different way. Um, mm-hmm from the sideline uh, going out cheering on the guys and just um, trying to, you know, kind of viewing it more as a coach in a way knowing that I wouldn't be playing. So I was grateful mm-hmm. for that experience. That's a cool perspective. I mean, but like as a competitor, right, it's gotta be kind of tough that, I mean, like we know you want to go out there and try to win every single game. And then it kind of seems like the organization shifted to a little bit more of like player development is the first priority you know, and, and that's not to say that winning isn't a priority. Like we know, obviously you're going to go out there and try to win every game, like I said, but is, so when the priorities of the organization shift a little bit like that, is there anybody within the organization, like coach players, executives, anything like that, that you would credit with the way this team totally seems to have been able to stick together through that shift, like from, from being, gunning for the playoffs at all costs to like player development is number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. I think coach Mark and, and Sam Presti do have done a really good job with that and did a great job with that last season. Um, I think just communication being a big part of it, but then, I mean, credit to, to the players and the team too. I, I think the, especially the young guys out there competing hard and, and still growing and, and challenging themselves you know, throughout a tough stretch of the season there in the second half, I still felt like they were playing good basketball and they were getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, a, well, we hear it all the time, right? Process over results, you know? So like, yeah, I get that. Um, So like with those changing priorities where player development is kind of first and foremost, it's I think you can kind of understand that our, our fan base is a little bit obsessed with draft picks and like where our draft pick is going to end up at the end of the day. Um, and I, I listened. It's funny. I actually listened back to the last time you were on. Obviously, I listened at the time, but I listened back as like doing my research. And I thought it was really funny how you handled the news that your game winner cost us that pick <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know um and something kind of similar happened with poku in the last game of the year now it turns out it may not have actually mattered based on like draft tiebreakers and ping pong balls and whatnot but there were a lot of fans who were like kind of really bummed out that we won that last game and yeah personally i'm like offended that the clippers tried so hard to tank it i mean what's with daniel arturu like post-ups against moses brown at the (laughs) like 18 foot like that was blatant man you know um but like what was the message going into that game i mean it was like there's like nobody playing like the clippers are obviously trying their best to lose on the court like trying to lose and it's like how, how does a game like that go down I mean, there's an elephant in the room to a degree, right? It's like you kind of yeah. understand what's going on, obviously. But as you alluded to earlier, as a player, you know, your job is to go out and try to win and, and sure. compete. So there's those two forces there at the same time. And it, I've been in situations like that and on other teams in other seasons. And it's it can be uncomfortable in a way, but I think that's when you just look at for me, at least as a player, it's like that's my role is to go out and win and, and try mm-hmm. to win, right, and like compete. So if I just do that, you know, then – and I've never been told to do anything differently. So that's kind of all you try to focus on as a player. Yeah, and I mean, look, like obviously like us asking you about your awareness of draft picks and stuff, like that's mostly just all in good fun. Like, like I've said a couple times now, we know that you're trying to go out and win and we would hope that you're not thinking about that kind of stuff. But again, I listened back to the last episode and you said, 
I wish somebody had told me about that pick. So <laughs> I, I would be remiss if I didn't inform you that we currently owe the Atlanta Hawks a first-round pick, top 14 protected. So do with that information what you will. So just, have to let you know. <laughs> just pass that along you know, to the rest of the locker room as the season starts to dwindle down. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> We're all just doing our jobs. Huh? I, I respect. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, do it well. But just FYI, Absolutely. I'm just saying. No, I, and I'm glad you cleared that up because there's like there's a negative connotation whenever teams are in rebuilding phases or tanking phases, however you want to say it. That you know players are going out there trying to lose. Coaches are telling them to go out there and try to lose. And you know, like Steven said, like you said, like you know, you have that competitive spirit. And no matter what's going on like what people think that you should be doing like you're always going to go out there and you know give it your 100 percent. so i i appreciate you clearing that up because there's a lot of people that you know have this negative connotation with it yeah that makes sense but you know at the end of the season uh you you know you showed everybody a very vulnerable side of yourself when talking about the team the organization the city the fans and what they all mean to you um was there already talk about you wanting to come back or was there part of you that thought that it might have been a final goodbye um there was a little talk yeah uh and um but i just kind of view last season as you know just gonna try to stay grateful for it and i was and uh i just felt like like i talked earlier in this podcast that it was just a very um gratifying season in the sense of having basketball to be able to turn to and do throughout the season um as a player so I just kind of let the, I guess those emotions just kind of came out and, but I, I mean, I really wanted to come back and I spent a, mm-hmm. a fair amount of the off season in Oklahoma um, for that reason too. And, um, you know, super grateful and happy to be back again. I just yeah. got to tell you, man, like it's, it, it's rare to see a professional athlete like show that kind of emotion about anything, let alone like Oklahoma city. And that <laughs> Just that one clip that you're like beloved among the fan base. You were like, <laughs> like we would have been just through the roof right now. We would have been distraught <laughs> if you had left. No, that's cool, man. That's cool to hear. I mean, that it's a it's a genuine feeling. I really really do appreciate the fans. And you know, I was a couple of years ago just had been traded a few times and whatnot. Like you know, I just basketball was. It just, I don't know, it was, it was a kind of a hard time for me. And so I think in the last couple of years, being OKC has been, has been really great for me and, and my family. So, so thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a follow-up question there is, uh, you know, is, is this a place that you would like to see through the rest of your career? Or, you know, do you feel like you have more to offer to another team? Or what, what you thinking? Yeah, I mean, that would, that would be cool with me. Um, I just – I try not to think too far ahead with that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and just think about the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow in our preseason game. Yeah. That's kind of where I think. On know, to the because, Bucks. Yeah, because it's like – I mean, that's what's – I think that's what – and Coach Mark will talk about that sometimes too, like the – I don't know exactly what he calls it, like the law of competition or something along the lines of, you know – he has so many little he has so many little phrases right he does yeah yeah (laughs) and something along the lines of like you know like we'll wake up tomorrow and the bucks will wake up and we'll both be zero and zero to a degree you know if that makes sense to you guys and so i feel like you have to i like that part of of the game especially in my career now um going into my ninth season that's just like you have to be locked in each each day and if you just kind of keep chipping away um i think usually good things will happen but you can't look too far ahead but i would love i would love to stay in okc for the rest of my career that'd be awesome yeah you you know kind of staying on that subject you know we also had a another guy that was very beloved by the fan base that uh you know kind of stuck around as that versatile veteran um you know throughout his years providing his leadership his experience and you know the intensity in practice and a young Nick Collison. So uh, my question is, have you talked to Nick Collison about, you know, taking up that mantle and are you ready to see 33 in the rafters? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be awesome. But I mean, Nick's, Nick's a great guy. I've, I've spent some time with him um, and, and just, you know, talked with him, um, learned more about him. I actually drove down from uh, Minnesota down to Oklahoma city this summer um and uh with my girlfriend and spent some time with him and his wife there they were, they were really nice kind of 
showed us around a bit. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he even, he spoke to our team, this team, um, a couple of weeks ago at the old, uh, well now where the G league, uh, team plays with the blue play at mm-hmm. the, the practice facility there. That's where we had our training camp. Uh, and he kind of was his story that he shared with us was cool. It was, uh, kind of like what I was just saying, how he, he was, he was describing his time with the team, um, when he was a player for the thunder and saying where, where he was in his personal life and, uh, as his basketball career, um, and how he just, you know, like when you look back on it, the success the team had, he said, you know, when you're kind of in the moment, you know, it's not always that you can see that, you know, you can't always see how things are going to transpire like that. And, and, he just said that, you know, by able to just kind of like keeping his feet on the ground and just kind of chipping away and and believing in the the front office and the players that are bringing in and stuff. He's like, he, he said, like, I kind of looked around. And I'm like, man, we got a really good team now, you know, and just I think I thought it was cool how he said that to us, because I think that is important um, just as the the season and, and your career sometimes can be seem so like there's just so much ahead of you. But if you just kind of stay focused and, and stay locked in, um, and not skip those steps things things can work out for you so it was a really cool speech that he gave yeah it's kind of like that old expression like uh i i wish i knew i was in the good old days when i was in the good old days you know like appreciate it while you're there yeah, that's really good i don't know if you know but like when he was when he was with the thunder he had a, a nickname among the fan base uh hair jordan because he had like that <laughs> nice hairdo well maybe i, I know maybe, yeah i mean so you're like the veteran like leader kind of like like play a similar position like maybe even have a little bit of a similar style so maybe you can be the hair apparent <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that's good yeah I, didn't, yeah I didn't know that was his nickname <laughs> i mean you got those curly locks so like you, you, can, you can you can pull it off yeah next thanks, time you see him, that, that's how you got to refer to him just be like what's up hair jordan <laughs> <laughs> i will for sure <laughs> That's good. Hey, hey, let me ask you. So again, like I was listening back to the uh, the last time you were on, and when Presty was on his way to your house, you said you had like a buddy over, and you were like, "Do we get some food? Like, what are we gonna do?" Well, did you get food? Like, what did you get? What was the spread? No, we didn't. We just had the bottles of water. <laughs> we the didn't know what of water? to do. We were so. Did shook. he bring yeah. food? No, he didn't, and it was fine. We just talked, you know, and and. Uh, but yeah, I'll, we'll never forget that we talk about that together sometimes just because we we were just we were so surprised that they came out to visit, but it was really nice of them. So yeah, yeah we, didn't, just had we didn't have ask. any charcuterie like, boards or anything. <laughs> that was the guess. I think that's the common guess among the fan bases. Like, definitely with like some Merlot or something. It's, it's that like would have been nice. Default fancy appetizer food. Yeah, yeah. It's just fun to say charcuterie if we're being honest, but it is. Yeah. Don't want to ask the important questions there. So uh, yeah, I got a question for you guys. How long have you been uh, doing this podcast? Maybe you told me last time, but I don't remember. Uh, it's been like three seasons now. Yeah, I think I think this I think we're starting season four. Yeah, this is that right? season four, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you met Alex and Maddie last time. And um, then, of course, we've got Dolan here and me. We're the founding members. And then we brought oh. on, we brought on Jerry and Matt Tierney, which I don't think you've met him yet. And then we brought in Connor last. So, yeah. So, you know, o- over the years, we've kind of grown and expanded, try to expand the team. But, yeah, man. This yeah, you got a big squad. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. We got – we got we all got busy lives so we need a rotating cast to like we're a baby making machine coming is in. What he's trying to <laughs> that's right that's right we're all hitting baby making primes right now so you guys co-founded it together so you guys are, are friends obviously yeah, me, for the show no that's interesting actually well so like me and dylan and alex and um another member who had previously known alex is that everybody that started? Maddie Moles. Maddie Moles, that's right. Yeah. Um we we all just met on Twitter, man. Like and and we're across the country. Like I live in Seattle, Dylan's in Kentucky. We got a couple people in Oklahoma. Maddie has been in Nebraska and now he's, he's in now in Texas. Texas. Connor's in Virginia. Connor's in North Carolina. 
like all over the place and it's it's cool that it like brings you together yeah how the twitter and just like the internet like brings us together and and fandom of course yeah Yeah. and now we're like we are fast friends now we are we are very involved with each other's lives now it's great that's cool I had my own like solo podcast and I had Dolan on. Um, right. Yeah, I guessed it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And then I had Alex on and then it was just like we got to talking and, and um, yeah, we just I was like, you know, let's let's be the Thunder Avengers, man. And, you know, make our own little podcast here. Cool. Yeah. Good for you guys for keeping it up over the years. That's cool. I appreciate it, man. I mean, hey, if we get a Mike Muscala uh, appearance every, every now and then, you know, we'll we'll keep it up even longer. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Yeah. Happy to the moon. Time. absolutely but hey man you know you kind of touched on you know uh during the season you guys aren't really paying attention to the draft pick obviously you're focused on winning and doing the best you can anytime you're out there um during the off season you know i know you're working and trying to get better you know you're taking time to you know relax and unwind but uh did you guys you know you your teammates as far as you know did you all pay much attention to the draft lottery or pre-draft process at all yeah, I, I did a fair amount, um, not a ton, but uh, you know there were draft workouts going on a lot in the during the summer and the off season, obviously. So mm-hmm. we'd see some of those going on after we worked out or or beforehand, um, and I watched the draft. And uh, yeah, I was out in Vegas for the summer league to to watch them play too. Yeah, so so were you sweating with us and like also in despair when we got pick six when we we have like a super high percent chance to at least get in the top five? Yeah, are you aware of the percentages? Because that I don't know if you know, but getting pick six exclusively was like a really disappointing lottery ball result. Oh, really? It was a really low percentage chance. It was it was our second to worst outcome. And also, we had like a fifty percent chance of getting Houston's pick if it was number five. So, oh, uh, okay. We were looking at like potentially getting picks one, two, three, four, and five. One, two, three, or four and five, or just one pick. And that pick ended up being six. So it was like wow. about as bad as it could have been. It could have just been just seven, but that was like a six percent chance. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, the lottery with the percentages and everything and. And like the protected picks and stuff, Mm -hmm. it can be kind of confusing for me. So I followed a little bit, but not that closely, or I don't know that much. Like I like I said, we're we as a fan base are just like obsessed with. (laughs) Like I'm tweeting about the lottery odds every day. (laughs) Like just (laughs) doing lottery sims every day. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, we just want to get back and Sam Presti says it all the time, right? He talks about like getting back to sustainable sustainable success and like how small markets have one path to getting there and and how you know you have to play the empirical odds and everything like that. So it's you know, I'm I'm wearing this t-shirt, right? Trust the Presti, right? With oh, him doing his yeah, with him yeah. doing his uh scared money don't make none pose. <laughs> so I like it. It, Whatever he says, we're just like, it's gospel. It's mantra, <laughs> we got it. You know, the Sixers got trust the process. You know, you spent some time there. I'm sure you know all about that. And we got trust the Presties. So, okay. There we go. Rock and roll. With I like it. it. But hey, you know, the lottery, like I said, you know, we was a little disappointed at the results at the time. But during the draft, you know, we was able to pick up some young guys who have really started to show out in their little bit of time. You know, we draft Josh Giddy, Terrence Mann, JRE, and Aaron Wiggins. Uh, was there any communication with any of those guys um, after the draft, welcome them to the team or anything, or was the first time you got to interact with them when you got to see them at Summer League? Uh, yeah, the first time I got to interact with them was at Summer League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which was nice to be able to go out there and support them, watch them practice a bit. And then, you know, a lot of the, the older players um, were there too when we played some pickup games. So, that was nice. I like I like having that to do in Vegas to have basketball, have work, have something productive to do. Because I went for a bachelor party once and it just like actually gave me a panic attack because I just couldn't do it. So I, I, I fared much better this time this summer. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sure I understand, man. Um, you know, talking about those pickup games, uh, you know, was was you showing out a little bit? Was you giving the young guy some buckets? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love playing pickup in the summer, you know, you get a chance to, to work on some new things and, 
uh, obviously love our coaching staff here, but they do a good job of just letting us play and, and letting us kind of do dictate what's going on in the court and, and just kind of sit back a bit. So, um, you know, I think that's, that makes it a little bit fun because you can you know, try to captain your team or, or, or and yeah, obviously you can do that during, during a normal game too, but mm-hmm. I think it builds good habits for players with that. If you have that focus and you're not just kind of, you know, lollygagging, sometimes pickup games in the summer can get kind of sloppy and, and people aren't playing, you know, very a lot of defense because partly because the guys don't want to get hurt, which makes sense. But, you know, I think if you can kind of foster a good uh, environment that, that um, has guys, you know, relatively locked in on that end and then you can get, really get some good, some good, uh, some good practice from that. I think nothing can replace playing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just, you can do all the skill workouts and the weightlifting, those things help for sure. But once you get on the court, that's really where you can, uh, can work on your game yeah for sure man i was gonna ask you working though, on, working on new things what kind of new things you gonna be running some pick and rolls this, this year? <laughs> no i mean uh i don't know personally i just really this this summer i was just trying to be in good shape and um and just try to work on some finishing and and uh you know bring the ball up sometimes but really just trying to compete like that I think that's something to, to in, in pickup games that sometimes gets a little bit lost is that, you know, it's a good time. Like I was just saying to work on things, but it's a good time to just kind of like reinforce trying to win and compete because I think some players like Chris Paul, for example, is just, was just so good at that. He was such a good competitor uh, in anything that he was doing, whether it was like cornhole or, <laughs> you know, he just was like very good at trying to find ways to win. And I think, that's uh, something that you can honestly improve on in the summer on the court too, is just like thinking the game out there, uh, being, having good communication, doing those things that you might not always think about in terms of like a skill, you know, in terms of like ball handling and whatnot, but just those little intangibles that can help your team win. And also cornhole. Yeah. I mean, he was a cornhole assassin in the bubble. So uh, (laughs) lost some very frustrating games to him there. That is upsetting. Yeah. You know, I, you know, kind of touching on your work in the offseason, I was going to ask you because, you know, obviously the Thunder Media Day, everything, um, you know, the interviews, um, you know, you talked about how, you know, you kind of zeroed in on working more on your big man skills. I think they even asked you, like, you know, you got your pick and pop par- uh, partner back in Shea Gilders Alexander, and you was like, well, you know, I've actually kind of focused on, you know, my, my big man skills a little bit more. So uh, I was going to ask you about that because, I mean, you know, looking at you now, looking at the Thunder interviews, man, I mean, you look jacked. Like, I think- <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just, yeah, I've tried to try to be in good shape, like I said, um, and just try to work on fin- just like basic finishes. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I kind of forget about when you, uh, I don't know, as, as, as shooting becomes more popular as a big man, you know? So yeah. I just think that it's fun just to go out there and, and try to try to mix it up, get some rebounds um be physical under the glass you know that stuff will always be fun so yeah that's that's a big focus for me this season well even that last game maybe we can call you sorry maybe maybe we can call you mike muscle scala that would be a first yeah you usually don't get that can you give poku some lessons (laughs) yeah he's getting there he's still young you know but uh he puts in work in the weight room he's just you know, he just got that build. I can relate. That's kind of, you know, I was really real skinny um, growing up and lanky and whatnot. But you know, as the years goes on, it helps you get more time to put on that muscle and, and grow into your body more. Yeah, even in your last game against the Grizzlies that you got to play, I, I even texted you that night because, like, I noticed, like, you was working down low. Like, you know, you was getting those boards, finishing it through contact. Like, and, you know, like, like – like I said earlier, you know, a lot of people have kind of categorized you as a pick and pop guy, as a guy that's going to go out and, you know, take deep threes and, you know, spread the floor for the other, for, for your teammates. But I think, uh, I want to say it was like Moses or Isaiah, what one of them got hurt and you came in late in the game. And I, I was just, I was really impressed at your work at that, at that point. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, kind of, uh, the two styles kind of, you know, meshing, uh, this season. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, let's see here. So speaking, uh, you know, we was talking about summer league. Um, I wanted to ask you about this because, uh, you know, the shot of you guys where the majority of the team was sitting together watching the squad play in the first summer league game. 
Um, it was so great. Someone could make a t-shirt out of it. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> Dang, that's awesome. Hey, we'll send you one if you want one, man. Yeah. I love yeah. one. Yeah, no. So, you know, it, it was so great. Somebody make a t-shirt out of it, but, uh, how, how did all that come to be? Um, you know, good organization from uh, Matt Tumbleson for sure. Uh, with, with the thunder and just getting us all good tickets that were, you know, lined up like that. Yeah. But, you know, just, I think there was a, there's a, a little team mini camp in, uh, in Austin a week or two before that, that I wasn't able to make, but that a lot of guys went to as well. And I think it was just, yeah, it was just like a cool, uh, cool moment and a, and a cool, uh, you know, sign of support, um, you know, for the, for the organization. And, and it was fun though. It was fun to be back in the building watching some summer league games. I hadn't mm-hmm. done that in a while. It brought back a lot of memories and I'm sure for other guys it did too. Matt Tumbleson. He's, he's one of the most mysterious people to me. Like I just, I hear people reference him all the time, but he is just like a, a shadow worker. Anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> like a good, like a good PR media person is. Like, yeah. Or like a, like a, a consigliere, consigliere or something like that. I don't know, man. Um, yeah. I, I should say what well, we, so that's the second t-shirt we've referenced that all designs are by at sublime 50 I L U S. So Illis one, he's, he's great. So, Everybody he did follow. yours too. Yeah, yeah, he does all. He, I almost all our t-shirts are seventy-five percent. He, he's like awesome. a weird designer, man. Yeah, he's great. So I just wanted yeah. to give him a shout out since we're talking about his work um, so much. Yeah, yeah good work. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to you know ask you about that because you know in summer league you see some of the teammates like you saw Anthony Edwards, you saw Russ and LeBron was out there. You see like you know one or two like isolated groups but like to see like the grand majority of like the returning players on the team to all come back to show their support uh you know i you know the fans thought it was really special and you know did uh did the players say anything like you know how their how your support meant to them or anything like that uh no but i'm sure they felt it you know i think when you're when you're a rookie or your second year it's like you know summer league is obviously a really important time because you you know you're a lot of people watching can show what you've been working on over the summer uh, and you're out there competing, but I'm sure they felt it. And, uh, and like I said, it was cool to be around them even for practice, you know, before and after that, this gym that, that uh, the team had had reserved for us to be able to do some work in. So um, just good to be around them. Yeah. I mean, you're just trying to make the squad and you look over and you see Lou Dort and Shea Gilgis Alexander and Mike Muscala sitting there supporting <laughs> you. Like that's special, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it's especially with Mike Muscala there. Yeah, that's the real icing on the cake. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, a moose sighting in Vegas. You know, I'm just saying you, you don't see mooses all the time in Vegas. <laughs> wait, no. Wait, so, what is, what is the plural? I was going to ask you, Mike, because you got to know what is the plural of moose? Is it moose or is it mooses? We got is it meese? meese. Yeah, that's what I'm know. saying. Yeah, it's got to be meese. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dylan went with mooses. I think that's definitely the wrong choice. Hey, I live in Kentucky. It's what it, <laughs> it can be, you know, it can be whatever. Well, that's not true. There's there's probably a, it's, <laughs> there's a correct way of saying it, but we'll go with meese. Mooses. Right. Moose, mooseness is a, is a vibe. It's not a mooses. Not anything real. Mooseness. Not, oh, <laughs> it's, it's sounds a like, a, like a lounge or something. <laughs> Sounds like a, a cologne or like a deodorant company. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's musky. That's musky. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's you're fair. Right. That's the, yep. Dang. Sex Panther. You got you got Steve, awesome Steve are you gonna watch man. the the fight tonight? The the Wild Man, I've gotta be honest. Are, so are they kicking each other or punching each other? Like which sport is this? I'm <laughs> sorry. I think punching. I'm not sure, but I think punching. Mostly punches. Okay. Mostly punches, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> this is honest. I, I prefer the kicking ones too, just because you know you get a little bit more variety. But I mean, hey, you get a good boxing match, man. It's it's a good watch. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah, I, do, I mean, I, I guess I do prefer the ones with the kicks, but I don't. I, more variety, like you said, Dylan. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I did a few boxing. Give me uh, some headbutts. Some headbutts. Yeah, those can yeah. be. It's gonna be lethal, man. The flying elbows and knees, the the mid joints on the limbs, those are the best ones, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that UFC is whew. It's, imp- it's it's impressive what those guys can do and how just how brutal that can be. It's a it's mm. a crazy sport. Hey Moose, you brought it up, man. So I'm gonna ask you. You get a chance to go into the ring, the octagon, to fight somebody. I was just doing some boxing training. Uh Isaiah joined me for a class too uh this summer. Uh this trainer named Jason reached out to me through LinkedIn actually. Uh, and we just would do it like once a week throughout the, the off season when I was in OKC and it was fun. It's a good workout. I mean, you, uh, it gets you in good shape for sure. And it's kind of fun to just have some basic understanding or, you know, like you know, very limited skills of, of kind of like what, what to do in the boxing ring. And it definitely was giving me a new appreciate, like a, a new appreciation for the sport watching these these pros fight because i mean we're just i haven't even done any legit sparring but you know a lot of it is just he'll he'll be going pretty slow since i'm new at it but to have to play offense and defense like that as a boxer it's impressive man just knowing that especially like tonight these big heavyweights knowing that one punch could just knock you out man like it's uh yeah it's a good sport yeah i see nba players getting into that as kind of a training method i mean we see damian lillard doing it all the time i think did we see we saw lou dort doing it this summer right i think um and then i know steve steven adams has like i've heard him talk about like jujitsu like ways to use your weight so like it's cool how that stuff can be incorporated we did some jujitsu too me and jason or jason and i have like it towards the end of our our workouts and i jujitsu was really cool and i could see where i never talked with steven about it when uh, when we're on the team together, but I could see him doing that just the way that he moves and the, the things he does on the court and the stuff he does before games. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very applicable to especially big men just in terms of like using your weight, like you were saying, Steve, and um, displacing other people's weights. So, uh, yeah, really, really cool skill set in sport. Yeah, I'm a, I'm from a family of wrestlers. I'm, I'm a basketball player, but I'm from a family of wrestlers. Like my little brother wrestled at Oklahoma State, which is like one of the best wrestling schools in the country. Um, so yeah, I get that stuff. So let me just while we're on the topic. So who who on the team would you be most afraid to step into the octagon with? And then follow up that you probably won't answer. Who would you be most confident stepping see, in again who would you see <laughs> i don't think i'm honestly as the politically correct answer but i don't know i've because like i've said i've never actually fought someone but i will say i've been i've been trying to see if i think we have some boxing gloves in the the practice facility i'm not <laughs> okay. gonna say we should box each other it's probably not <laughs> the right thing to say but i don't know i you hear about um like sometimes college programs or whatever i've just heard rumors you know of like if guys are getting real aggressive or feisty with each other but all right just get the gloves out you know put put a put a helmet on or something but it's like i don't know there's something to it it's kind of like just having that that mindset and if you're obviously well protected from it you got a mouth guard and whatnot i don't know i guess i've never done it but um i don't know i mean it's like i said the workouts i've done were great workouts and I'd imagine actually getting in, like seeing Nate Robinson go and fight, even though it didn't mm-hmm. work out well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I respect it because it, yeah. that's tough, man. Like you, especially his first fight, mm-hmm. uh, getting in there, knowing you can get knocked out, man. It's uh, it's not easy. Well, hey, dude, if it goes down in the locker room like that, uh, video or it didn't happen. <laughs> fair. Sure. There will not be any videos though. I'll tell you that. So I'm just gonna tell you right now. I want to. I want to see you fight Poku. That, that's what I want to say. I can see Poku having hands, like being like a yeah. Well, who's got the? Like, I think he might have the reach on in. you, right? I think yeah, he's got the probably. reach. I could see him just throwing like a flying kick in out of nowhere. Like, All right, you win, dude. Like, I don't know. Go roundhouse. You distract yeah. you with his fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So can I just, I, I just want to say like, I have, I can't really explain why, but I have this irrational, like pure love for Poku. Like he's like, he, like he's my child. That's how I feel about (laughs) him. Like I just want to protect him and I want all the best things. And I don't really know why. So my question to you is, can you explain why I feel like that about Poku? (laughs) I can try. I can try. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, for him at his age, coming coming here to the U.S. and um, 
you know, as a young player, being in a very challenging man's league in the NBA and sticking it out. And he's a, he's a really smart, smart guy. I mean, he's really sharp um, and he's himself. uh, And, you know, I think he wants to be a really great player. And and I think he's, he's hard on himself for that. Um, And I think there's a lot of endearing qualities to him. So does that does that do a good job yeah or? yeah no that that gets pretty close I, it's like a i don't know like there was that moment last season and and we got professional ripley lip lip readers on twitter right where um i think so poku like through the through the pass out of bounds or got mad at teo for something and and coach d like <laughs> was just like getting at him on the court and the professional lip readers say he was like, don't, don't yell at your teammate. Like you fucked up plenty of times. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was just such a great moment. And Poku like looked, he looked a little sorry. And it was just like, it was like watching my kid, like learn a lesson. I just felt so so good about it, man. Yeah. Like I think he, he learns well, like he'll, he'll, uh, he'll admit his mistakes and he'll like, he wants to be coached hard uh, and and held accountable. So you always got to respect somebody like that. And he just like, he's very confident and just the way he plays, he's just out there having fun with it. And he's so skilled at his height. So it's, it's hard not to like watching him play. See, Boku's yeah, kind of definitely. like, he's like, uh, he, you know, you hear this, the phrase, the man, the myth, the legend. And it, it kind of all applies to Poku. So you kind of talked about how he's like on the floor. What's he like off the floor? Like, what's his personality like? Uh, he's got a really uh, kind of like understated, dry sense of humor. Um, yeah. And but he's yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's 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 a really nice guy. I mean, I always enjoy seeing him come in the morning. He always gives a nice greeting, and um, you know he uh like i said he's a really smart guy um so you know i think the the more comfortable he gets here and in, in a new country for him um you know just because like i said that's tough at that age to to come over like that uh, and i think he's done a great job so far so you know as he continues to open up and, and get more comfortable here um you know it'll be great uh, I was going to ask you this, Mike. Uh, who on the team can you tell has really just put in the work this offseason and uh, is poised for a big leap? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you can't say everybody. You got you to gotta identify somebody. You got to identify somebody. Okay. Um, no, I think Isaiah – I say Isaiah Roby has had a really good summer and we worked on it a lot together uh, and he's done a – really good job with his shot i think that um you know i was watching some of his college highlights and i told him that this summer and and he's so quick uh and he's so versatile at his at his height uh -hmm. and with his athleticism um but you know with the nba with how much space there is and with the length and the quickness of a lot of the people that close out on you just having to commit to that three-point shot is I, i struggled with it a lot my first a couple years in the league because you know you're used to kind of getting lift lifting guys up with your pump fake uh and also because nba line is just further away and so a lot of times you don't feel like you have your legs under you to properly shoot it Mm -hmm. and be loaded for that but um, we do the shooting contest every day after practice and uh, this year i usually win when gallo was on the team i lost every time pretty much because gallo would win all the time but uh isaiah won the last two days and he just looks really confident with his stroke and you can tell he's been putting in good work with it um so i'm excited for him this season i think he's in a really good year hey that's great to hear because i mean like sometimes i question if he's if he's like suited to be a center because he's a little undersized you know but if if he can really nail down knocking down the three on a consistent basis, I think he shot like 29% last year on a, on a decent sample, but if he can really like make that a strength of his game, then he can play wherever he wants. Honestly, like who cares? Yeah, I agree. I think that that's what helps his versatility and he's a good finisher and he's a good roller and you can feel like when we, when we've been in practice and when he, you know, when he's at the five, when I've guarded, the opposing team in practice and he's at the five you can just feel 
the difference in pace and the space that the, that the team has, you know, because he's, he's, he's a very, he's like a versatile forward out there playing the five. And with that, it's like, he could legitimately drive and, and get into those actions and push the ball in transition. Like that's hard. It's really hard to guard a team like that. Yeah. What's been super I, I, impressive with him. Oh, my bad. Dylan. No, you're good. J- Jerry was on with you last time and this is music to his ears. He's the biggest Roby Stan among Thunder oh, fans, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's what's super impressive with him is like uh, just as you know, you talked about his versatility, but you know, not just pigeonholing himself into like you know, uh, bang inside big guy or you know, shoot outside big guy. Like he's got a nice little handle on him. You know, he had that move where he uh, he attacked uh, Vooch on a you know on a closeout, gave him a nice little head fake, and then you know went up and exploded. And then um, at the preseason game, you know, like very first play, fake the dribble handoff and just <laughs> wide open lane. Like you know, he's. He's, he's got a little bit of juice to him. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, you're, you're not the only person that's been singing Roby's praises. So, I'm I'm excited to see what he does this season. Yeah, yeah, same here. But, you know, talking about, uh, you know, things that Roby's good at, um, let's, let's kind of go back to the rookies here. Um, what is one thing that you think is uh, most impressive in each of the rookies? Okay, good question. Uh, for Josh, I'd say his passing. I mean, mm-hmm. I blew a layup in their first preseason game with him because I just sometimes in practice, I'll just, he can thread the needle and passes so well that sometimes you're just really not even expecting them. Like you're not even thinking he can get them there, you know? And so with his height, yeah, with his height and his, um, just like his, his pace and his physicality, especially at a young age. I mean, his, his passing is, is legit. And, um, you know, he can, he can really skip it. You know, he's got that quick bounce pass to the roller. Um, and he's got that, like, cross-court, one-handed, you know, out to the corner, which is uh, – I mean, if you're a shooter, it's it's awesome to play with somebody like that. So, mm-hmm. i definitely say that for him. And he's also a, a really good rebounder, too, I feel mm-hmm. like, from, from what I can see so far. Um, for Wiggs, I'd say his – his isolation game and his scoring ability, you know, you obviously saw that in the first preseason game. Uh, yeah. He's doing well in summer league too. Um, you know, just got a good, got a good handle on him, and it's like got a good shake to him, and uh, just confident with the ball in his hands. And then J Rob, I think his uh, just how solid he is. Like he, he's got a poise to him at a young age um, and just a good calmness to him uh, as a big man with, you know, getting the offense into good actions and just being a, you know, a good, a good three point shooter uh, and just being a versatile modern NBA big. I think I've I've been impressed with, with him. Cause I think, you know, for me as, as a big, when I was a young, young first in the league, it can be, you know, it can be kind of, you're, you're, my mind would race a little bit sometimes because you're surprised at how much you're involved in the offense in terms of like getting in the guys in a different sets because a lot of times you're the one you might be the only guy who's really setting a lot of these screens you know especially mm-hmm. with the four out one in offenses that that a lot of teams run now you know and so sometimes when you're just able to space uh it might be a little bit i don't want to say easier but just less complicated but i think his like he's picked up the offense really really well so far it's never awesome. that's the first time i've heard anybody call him j rob and i think that's i think that's cool um say one more <laughs> nice thing about josh giddy okay um i would say his confidence and i just i, I think that he's he's locked in it seems like he just has a uh, high standards for himself and then he has some high aspirations as a player that just seems that way being around him yeah he's a gamer man he definitely yeah. seems like a gamer. Uh, got, got, got to get some love from my man, Terrence Mann. Oh, Trey Mann. That's right. Trey yeah. Mann. God, I said Terrence Mann. I'm yeah. so stupid. Who? I'm so stupid. It's all good. I, I'm so yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah talk about yeah. the Clippers. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Terrence Sound Mann. Man, him. Yeah, good player too. Um, no, Trey, I think um, like his his finishing and um, – his his shot to me was has been a big surprise. Like he's a he's a really good shooter. Uh, he's got deep range and um, a versatile offensive player for sure. Uh, and quick on defense, um, you know, closes out well. I think he's got good hands. 
And, um, but yeah, like he had some really impressive finishes and, and drives uh, in, the, in the preseason and we were playing pickup in the fall. I'm excited for him this year. He kind of reminds me of uh, Kevin Martin. I don't, did, I don't know. Did you play against Kevin Martin? Uh, I don't Ever? think so. Don't, he I spent one year with the Thunder. You would remember he was mostly release. like with the Rockets. I don't yeah. know. I just his it's like her real herky jerky and like kind of awkward finishes and stuff. But like, and he hasn't been he hasn't shot well in the preseason or or in the summer league. But that's fine. Who cares? Yeah, uh, yeah. Players go through hills and valleys. I was actually gonna ask you about that. You know, is that like? You know, is uh, how do you show support? How do you like, you know, kind of uplift your teammates whenever they're going through, you know, stretches like that? Yeah, good question. I think just being positive with them and instilling confidence in them. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to do that. Uh, you know, th- throughout the season, whether it's at practice or, I mean, mostly I think at practice around the road, just genuinely asking them how they're doing, how they're fitting in, how they're liking the new city, you know, giving them some recommendations about places to check out or whatnot. Um, and, but I mean, a lot of really good, smart young guys on the team that um, I think, you know, for as far as, you know, transitioning into the NBA, which I found to be a challenge, you know, I think they're off to a really great start. That's awesome, man. Um Got one more question for you, and then yeah, you know, we've asked our uh, our listeners to do some Twitter questions here. Um, okay. So, last question, man. Uh, this is about you. So, what kind of goals have you set for yourself going into the season? Be a leader. Um, be consistent with the focus and energy that I bring, um, and just compete hard when I'm out there on the court. Um, just try to win, and let everything else fall into place. That's awesome, man. All right, man, we're going to transition to Twitter questions. Uh, first one here is from at Nick Hodge underscore. He said, are you interested in staying around basketball after your career in a coaching or a front office type office, not office type of position, or do you have something else in mind? Love to see him follow the Collison pipeline and stay around OKC for the future. So obviously that's a very popular theory with the fans. So, you know, what What say you, Mike? Are you, you got to, you know, you talked about hair, how when you use all parent. Yeah, you know, you talked about when you was off the floor, um, you know, at the end of the season, you know, you kind of took on like a coach's role. Is that something you see yourself in or what, what you're thinking? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, so uh, Ty Jerome and I were and a couple other NBA players this uh, summer where they invite. Well, this is the first time I actually got invited. But I knew they've been doing it the last many years uh, at the NBPA, the Players Association Top mm-hmm. 100 camp that they put on for high school players that they've been doing for you know a while. They invite uh, current NBA players to come coach there. And oh, so nice. I took him up on it and Ty was down there. Ty did a really good job uh, coaching his team. And but and so I had a team to coach too. And I really liked it. You know, I wasn't I was kind of unsure about the whole coaching thing before that. And I don't know. At the same time, they were a really easy group to coach because they're mm-hmm. some of the best high school players in the country. So it's just like a, a, a three-day camp. So like you said, that helps. But yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to stick around the game, I think, in, in a coaching role or, you know, maybe front office. Uh, and to do with the Thunder would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. At a CMF official, uh, due to his experience in Spain, I'd like to know, Muskie, what did you learn in our country and from playing in our league that helped you to settle in, down in the best basketball league in the world? And also greetings from Spain. Oh, cool. Yeah, greetings. Uh, yeah, I was just talking to Viet, um about Spain last night, too. Uh, just I don't know he had played there for – for seven years it's a long time it's awesome but yeah great great league and by the way Vite, uh i think he's gonna have a great season too um he's put in a lot of work coming back from his injury and been really impressed with with his game so far too really good shooter and uh underrated athlete um to me just like plays hard and can really attack the rim which has been fun to watch so i'm excited what for a great too. guest what a great guest just throwing in nuggets for us man like we're excited about v2 i guess he's dealing with like some visa issues or something but we didn't even ask about him and you're just like feeding this content (laughs) yeah no i'm excited for him man like he's he's a good kid so he's gonna have a he's gonna have a good year i think but um what was i saying uh oh from spain Spain. yeah yeah no uh i mean yeah when i was in spain the team i was on we just played one game a week so we weren't in the euro league of the euro cup uh so 
I think the, for me, I just learned the, the, just, it was a good introduction to professional basketball in a, in a really good league. It was a very physical league, um, you know, a little bit different than the NBA in terms of the rules and whatnot, but um, just to be in a, in a different country, you can use some Spanish and uh, play against some really good teams and, and uh, players. Uh, and just like, I don't know, I think just the attention to detail uh, with, with it being one game a week, I mean, it's so different than the NBA, you know, where you'll play three or four games a week. So um, that part was a, was a big difference, but just being able to get my feet with, with pro basketball was great. So, so do you speak Spanish? Yeah. Yeah, I speak uh, – I studied in, in, in college, and I don't speak it super well as well as I should, but it was my chance to be able to kind of like go abroad and do I never got to study abroad because of basketball. So I speak some Spanish with Gabby every now and then, which is oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gabby, love that guy. Yeah, about the only thing I know how to say in Spanish is uh, the cat is on fire in my pants, so – there you go. Oh, El Gato en Fuego Mi Pantalones. Sounds like oh, an yeah. Anchorman uh, <laughs> quote. Is it blue? Is it blue? Blue Streak? Is that the movie? Uh, I'm not sure what it was. It was just something right. my friends used I to got like high, I got high school Spanish under my belt. I can like read it a little bit, but I can't speak it. Yeah, that, that was me too. I, I had like just one year of Spanish in high school. Um, all right. Our last order question. This comes from Sublime 50. It was Ellis one. Uh, you know, the guy that designed our shirt to you, and he wants to know oh. who is the Rocky to your Bullwinkle, you know, Bullwinkle the Moose. Who's your, who's your Rocky? Who's your flying squirrel, man? Wow. Uh, I'd say my dad. Um, I, I think he's been – he moved in with me this summer. He sold his house, uh, and I, I made the lower level of my house like a full living for it. For I don't know what at the time, but he's there now. So I mean, he's really supportive of me and loves following the team. He'll be down in OKC in in a couple of weeks to to cheer on the squad. So um, yeah, I'd say I'd say him. All right, that's All awesome, right. man. I get that. We're, we're I, like I said, I, I'm up here in Seattle, and my family's still in Oklahoma. So I keep them keep them close. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well All said. Right. All right, like family. Gonna, hey thanks guys yeah that was fun hey well hey the, the good times isn't over we got like just a few more questions like rapid oh fire. okay i thought yeah. you said that was the last one let's do it yeah. No, no no yeah no that's the last question this is the game These are quick man. it's just this a little game we have fun all right oh okay well i've been having fun but let's have more fun all right hey all right. i like the attitude all right um <laughs> first of all man we're gonna go team superlatives so who is the best ball handler on the team shay all right, makes sense. <laughs> best, best passer. Josh. Also makes sense. Hey. Best shooter besides yourself. Ty, Jerome. Check Are you who's better? Are you, better? Are you better or Ty better? He's uh, better I mean, than you. I think so. Yeah. Who's got deeper range? I think Ty. I don't know. We've never we don't do a lot of shooting contests against each other, but I think as a guard, when you're shooting the percentage he does, mm-hmm. you're usually taking more contested, difficult shots. So you'd have to say Ty. I think. Hey, just don't best say uh, <laughs> best finisher at the rim. He said, "Don't sell yourself short." <laughs> um, best finisher at the rim. Shea. Shea. Yeah. Best dunker on the team. Um, Bays. Yeah. Best defender besides Lou. Can't make it easy. Kenrich. All right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kenrich. All right. This one's fun here. Who's the loudest on the team? Probably me or Kenrich. All right, there's that leadership, man. Or actually, you know what? Ty. Ty can get really loud in practice. Like he, really? in terms of just straight volume, he can really be out there yelling. So it might be Ty, actually. <laughs> I like it. Well, yeah, maybe there's dumb. a correlation here. Who's who's the best trash talker? Uh I think Kenrich. I can see that. I can yeah. 100% see that. Yeah. Uh all right, who's got the best personality? Um, I'd say Poku. All right, and hey, and so 
best dancer and we have to eliminate Poku because we've all seen <laughs> his moves. And that's not fair. <laughs> best dancer? Uh, probably Bayes. Besides Poku. Besides Poku. Yeah, yeah, besides Poku. He's got moves for sure, but <laughs> probably Bayes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was that he was doing last year. <laughs> Uh, he's just having a good time out there, man. Uh, yeah. Who's got the best sense of humor on the team? Um, I don't know. Coach Mark's pretty funny, but in terms of a player, um, I don't know. I think Bays is pretty funny too. Bays is getting a lot of these. Yeah, he's getting a lot of them. Wow. Okay, just a couple more. Best taste in music. Um. Can I say myself for that? I'm gonna say myself. Hey, absolutely. I'm gonna can. take that one. Yeah. Hey, uh, staying in that vein, I'm going well off the beaten path here, Steve. Staying in that vein, who's got the best bars on the team? <laughs> is it Mikey Dawes or is no? Bays? It's not Mike Dawes. I, I I honestly stopped. I think there's a direct correlation to like I stopped recording <laughs> music when I heard Bays because I was like, okay, that's what real talent <laughs> is like on the microphone. Like he's good, man. He's got a real gift. Like he has some good melodies, uh, and he can kind of mix in those melodies with rap. Like he's got a good modern flow, man. It's impressive. He's he showed me some songs. He's got some good stuff. Now I just want to see y'all battle rap just one time. <laughs> like, that's must be television. Yeah, battle rap. It's fun. Yeah. Maybe. Don't, okay. Uh, all right, last question here on the rapid fire. Uh, who do you think has the best chance of giving you a good game of chess? Um, I would say... Tenchai. Ty. Ty? Who'd you say? I said the tension. <laughs> yeah, I had to think. Probably Ty. I don't think anyone on the team really plays, though. Yeah, he went to Virginia. That's probably a good bet. I think he graduated, too, right? I think he graduated from Virginia UV, so that's probably a good bet. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you famously got the whole squad, uh, the whole unit on the chess app last year. And I Yeah, I was getting I was getting smacked around by some of your, some of your colleagues. Probably, I forget. It's uh, it probably Maddie. Just, Probably yeah, ready. it was. It was. Yeah, he, he gave me a good whooping. That was humbling. I don't think I took a single W against you or any of my unit members, so I am retiring from the game of chess. No, don't retire. Come on. <laughs> it's a lifelong process, you know? You just got to just make small steps. Yep. I've, I've got to stop telegraphing my moves. Dolan, <laughs> Dolan literally texted me. It was like, Dolan, start a new game. This You don't want to finish this. <laughs> Steve, do you play chess at all? Yeah, I play a little bit. I've had the chess app for a while. My my rating sucks because I just like forget to play and forfeit, you know? Yeah. So then you do so like the just long, like the 24-hour games? Yeah. So, my, so what I like to do is like I get like 15 of those going. Uh, play okay. them all and just like play a bunch of games at once and then okay. like if, but eventually there comes a day where i just get distracted and then i end up forfeiting like 12 games do you ever do like the three or five or ten minute games i've been doing those a lot yeah i like the one i like the one where it's like five minutes and then you get two seconds back every move oh okay i haven't done that or one. the one that the one that i think it's 15 minutes and you get 10 seconds back every move so it's effectively <clears throat> It's effectively like you have forever. Like you yeah. never run out of time unless you just like stop playing. So it's, it's yeah. you you know the other guy or the other player is sitting there playing you constantly. But if somebody just like abandons the game, then they forfeit. But but you never like run out of time. I think yeah. that one's my favorite. 15, 15 slash 15, 10. 10. Yeah, okay. I, I, I've seen that on the menu. I've been playing a lot of three minute and it's kind of like sometimes you just win. I know it's fast, and sometimes it'd be like you just win or you'll lose it because you run out of time. But I like it; it makes you try to think quickly. So, yeah. Great well, the game. thing about that one is, is the if you're playing somebody good on the other side, they have like their first 15 moves just like mapped. I know. You know, so it's yeah. like I mean, I don't have that mapped, so then they just are off to a minute head start right off the bat, and so yeah, I like the one yeah. where it's like you. We have to both sit here and focus, but really, the time's unlimited. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. 
I feel that's how I play with my dad pretty much. There's unlimited time. And yeah. We're going to finish this game, but we're not going to lose on time here. Yeah. But come back from the bathroom. I'm bored. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This is, this is my last question. Then we'll let you sign off here. So, uh, since our last pod, you endorsed the Sex Panther nickname. Uh, how many people have you told to start calling you that? And follow up question Why is it not everyone you come in contact with? <laughs> uh it's zero and um <laughs> it's because it should just stay in the best movie of all time and just i think it should just stay in its rightful place it was on tv the other day and still still enjoy watching it holds up it holds does up forever it really does six percent of the time it works every time <laughs> i was just gonna say that <laughs> All right, Bruce. So, hey, like I said, that was our last question, man. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on, taking time um, out of, you know, the night before your game, uh, you know, to come on and talk a little Thunder basketball with us. And, uh, you know, very gracious of you, very appreciative of you. You know, I know the fan base, uh, you know, they, they really appreciate you. And I appreciate you, you know, checking in on Nova and everything. So, I mean, you, you've become a, you know, become an awesome person in our lives. So, definitely appreciate you coming on. And I uh, look forward to, you know, every other time you come on, you know, heck yeah yeah man thanks for having me steve pleasure meeting you tonight and uh yeah it's always fun fun on here and i'd love to come back again another time so thanks yeah you too for sure man you're a a swell guy (laughs) likewise likewise I'm going to have some moose bars prepared for you next time i mark mark my words oh oh okay i know you'll come ready something else from hamilton (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right moose take it easy man all right yeah, have a good night, guys. Sweet well, that was dude. tremendous. Yeah, I just realized I didn't sign off. So, uh, We're working guys, on it. On behalf of myself, Stephen <laughs> Dolan, and Mike Muscala, the man of many nicknames, Moose, Musky, Mikey Jaws, and now retired Sex Panther. Mike, Mike Muscle Scala. The hair apparent. Hair apparent. Um, hair apparent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I uh, want you guys have a great night. God bless. Wear masks where you need to. Vaccinate if you haven't. And as all, oh, hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.